In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, we check in with Mbali Ngobo, an agriculturalist and co-owner of the Drakensberg Bee Academy in KwaZulu-Natal. In our entrepreneurship slot, we hear from Lina Mapanga at Farmers Assistant, a technology company that aims to connect smallholder farmers with the entire agricultural value chain. We are inspired by Mosesi Mosesi, an aquaponics pioneer farming in Tembisa Gauteng. And our book of the week is What You Move by Nicolette Mashile, the founder of Financial Bunny. It's a must-read for all entrepreneurs. You don't want to miss our weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Market with agricultural economist Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. He will highlight the latest price movements and expectations for the coming week. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 37 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm Dawn Numdu, editor of South Africa's leading agricultural news and lifestyle publication. As usual, I'm not alone. Joining me this week is journalist Duncan Masiwa. Hey Dawn, it's always so great being back and an even bigger pleasure to share all the beautiful stories of the unsung heroes in the agri-industry. But of course, we have another exciting lineup today. That's right, Duncan. Later, we will hear from Lina Mapanga at Farmers Assistant, a technology company that aims to connect smallholder farmers with the entire agricultural value chain. But first, you're connecting with agriculturalist and co-owner of the Drakensberg Bee Academy in KwaZulu-Natal, Mbali Ngobo. Now, it's seldom that we get to speak to a farm manager here on Farmers Inside Track. So it's a real honor to have you here with us, Mbali. But for those who do not know you, who is Mbali Ngobo? Thank you once again for inviting me for an interview. Mbali Ngobo is a lady who is an agriculturalist, farmer, and apiarist who's a revolutionalist. She's also passionate about life and hard work, and she leaves Nostrona unturned. That's just me in a nutshell. Mbali, there was a time in your agricultural journey in which you applied for work at various agricultural organizations, but were constantly rejected. Tell us a bit about that period in your life and what exactly was going through your mind as a new upcoming agriculturalist just entering the sector? Facing rejection was definitely the most defying factor. It was something that wasn't pleasant to experience because I remember at some point where I used to send in applications for government posts and then there was just this one specific day when I received a call from the department and when I answered and when when the lady over the phone introduced herself, I was just so excited thought, okay, maybe this is my chance now. This is maybe an invitation for a job interview. But however, her response on that was that she was just doing a survey on unemployed graduates. And for me, I felt a sense of disappointment and being rejected also from other companies in the agri-space just sent me into a dark hole. And that's when I decided that I should just chuck away all my qualifications and I try to just close myself and just shut myself off from anything or or everything that had to do with agriculture and try to concentrate or shift my focus onto other things. 
that seemed to be more viable or more doable at that time for me. But however, look where I am today. The tables have turned and things are different now. In farming, nothing is ever smooth sailing. And sometimes rejection happens more than we'd like them to. Looking back on your personal journey, what would your advice be for agricultural graduates who are battling to find work? My best advice for agricultural graduates or a third year student is that they must read more and be open-minded and they must not focus on just being employed. They must rather focus on also creating jobs. And I would also advise, you know, agricultural colleges and universities that they should expand their territory into bringing in other skills and training when the students are doing their third years into exposing them also in how to start up businesses and, you know, find their mentors who are already out there who are doing well in the agri industry so that there'll be growth and they may just maybe won't have so many graduates that are waiting in line to be employed, but rather we'll have graduates that are, are ready to open up businesses and, you know, create employment. So I really do feel that they need more exposure. They need more information because without knowing, you won't know what to do. And without having any access to that type of information, you won't get far unless, you know, you have someone who is ready and willing to give you that form of exposure. Now, Mbali, you're also the co-founder of a bee academy situated in the Drakensberg. Tell us more about this venture of yours and why the decision to focus on bees. Interesting how you make a mention that the business is situated in the Drakensberg. However, over the years, we have made a few developments and we are now based in the north coast of Durban. It hasn't been easy at all having to start an academy altogether because there's a lot of groundwork that goes into it. Having to, to set up a curriculum, particularly in beekeeping, where you find that it's nowhere. So we had to start everything from scratch. We had to get our accreditation from CETA to be accredited by the agricultural CETA. And also now as the company is growing, we are also in the process of also being accredited by or being recognized by higher education. So for us, it means a lot because we believe that in order for one to grow and in order for a company to be of success, it needs to have a strong and solid foundation. And that is what we have made sure of over these years. And no matter how long it will take us, as long as we know that the transfer of skill and the transfer of mentorship that we bring from the Drakensberg Beekeeping Academy will be well ensured to equip every student and make sure that we bring out the best and the best quality and in terms of also business, because we also offer such a cause in business altogether. I can't imagine it being an easy project to venture into. What goes into starting an agricultural academy? I am a co-founder of Drakensberg Beekeeping Academy, which is an agricultural accredited company. The academy altogether has been such an amazing journey. And the reason why we actually started the academy was the fact that we had identified a gap in terms of skills and training and mentorship in the apiculture industry, to be specific, because beekeeping is classified as apiculture. We found that in order for us to make a success on producing the best beekeepers, 
there had to be a form of skill that they had to be taught into doing beekeeping in the most professional way and making sure that we teach them the best ways into making this a lucrative and profitable business as much as we possibly can. When we looked into rural areas, because that's where we work from the most, is that we identified that there's a lot of, I will say this in our black community, they do beekeeping as a hobby for recreational purposes, not in its natural form, whereby they have to wait for the bees to actually form a colony inside a branch of a tree or wherever the bees decide to, to reside. They go and then they take the honey from the bees and sometimes they burn the bees and sometimes they also get stung by the bees, which some can lead to death. However, we had to identify and, and bring them the best possible way to make sure that they keep the bees safe, they take the honey and they get the value for the honey. They are also able to identify the byproducts and also be able to get a market value of the byproducts that you get from the honey itself. That is what inspired us the most into starting the beekeeping, the skills training and development. And you find that also there aren't many institutions in South Africa that actually offer the course. And we saw that as an opportunity and for us to, to create our own curriculum in beekeeping. Something exciting happening at the moment is that you are up for a Sabenza Women's Award. Tell us a bit about this. What are you nominated for? Who are you up against? And how can people vote? Oh my gosh, don't even remind me. I was just so excited and I couldn't believe it. I had to go back onto their page to replay the live video when they announced all the nominees. I was just so excited. Sometimes you never know that whatever you're doing, people are watching you and they actually acknowledge your work. And sometimes you feel like you're not doing enough, but for other people, you are actually inspiring them in a way. So for Sevenza Women Awards, I've been nominated as Inspiring Young Woman for 2020. So that alone, you know, the nomination alone means so, so much to me. and. That recognition, you know, for us women in the agricultural space, you know, in the agricultural sphere, you know, trying to break through and to penetrate into the industry and to make something out of ourselves is just such an honor for me and a privilege. And can please, please everyone vote for me. The number can use is double four three double four. Now, Mbali, I hope you're ready because I'm about to ask you two questions that are completely unrelated to agriculture. And in this part of the show, we try to find out something new about the farmers or the agriculturalists we have on our show. So your questions for today are, would you rather be able to speak to animals or every language in the world? Well, for me, since English is a universal language, I'll still be able to communicate with everyone. However, I would choose to be able to communicate with animals simply because I'm a beekeeper and I farm bees for a living. So I'd really love to know what goes on into that intelligent mind of that insect because bees are just so intelligent. It's amazing. I'd really love to know. 
I advocate for bees, you know, for them, for us to keep them safe, not to burn them and whatnot. But I would really love to go into the mind of a bee and any other animal, of course, just to know what's going on and what do they need from us as humans as much as we know what we need from them. What is the one thing you wish was true, but really is not? The one thing that I wish was true would be that you go to school, you study, you graduate, and you get a job, you get a family, and you live happily ever after. But however, life is just not designed like that. It's just not designed like that unless you like really, really one of those few lucky ones. But however, it's not as simple as that. And that's not the entire truth which our parents use whenever they give us a lecture. When you're growing up, they say, go to school, go and study, graduate, get a job. Thanks for connecting with us, Mbali, agriculturalist and co-owner of the Drakensberg Bee Academy in the Drakensberg in KwaZulu-Natal. You have a really inspiring story and may you go from strength to strength. Wow, Mom, why did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens. Bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za As promised, we now hear from Lina Mapanga at Farmers Assistant, a technology company that aims to connect smallholder farmers with the entire agricultural value chain. Lena, when I first came across your platform, I was really amazed by how much value it offers farmers. What is Farmers Assistant all about? Farmers Assistant is an online platform that connects smallholder farmers with financial service providers, other resources such as land. So we started Farmers Assistant back in 2018, but it was not a business then, it was just informally helping farmers online on Facebook. And then afterwards, seeing that there were so many people who wanted help, smallholder farmers wanted help, then we decided that we can now formalize the platform and make sure that we help as many farmers as possible. What's the main benefits for farmers and at what scale should they be operating and how do you assist new farmers specifically to enter the agri-sector? So the benefits of using Farmers Assistant is you become part of a global community of farmers, of smallholder farmers, or a nationwide organization of smallholder farmers. So your benefits being of being part of a Farmers Assistant is that you get access to finance. So since we're working with different financial service providers, farmers are able now to access financial products that they were not able to acquire or were not able to get before. But now they're able to get through Farmers Assistant And then we also help with things like information and we offer extension services on our call center and also online using our chatbots. And then another benefit is that since you're part of a nationwide organization, you're able to buy inputs and other agricultural products that you need for your farm through our platform so that 
you can get discounted prices as being part of pharmacist stand. So what we do, we go up in front and 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 negotiate prices with suppliers. But not just that, we also make sure that our farmers have access to markets. So what we're doing, we're trying to create a value chain that smallholder farmers can play in or can be able to, to survive in, right? Because as we have seen with the formal commercial farming sector, smallholder farmers, sometimes they don't fit in the, into all that value chain. So we decided that let us create our own value chain on the side that will assist smallholder farmers. I'm sure you've received a lot of responses from the farmers using your platform. What have they been saying? And are they open to using new technologies to operate their farms? Not sure if there's been any challenges for specifically new farmers and smallholder farmers and adopting these new technologies into their business practice. Um, do you have any advice for them? The smallholder farmers that we're helping is anyone who's doing backyard farming up until somebody who's an emerging farmer with less than 100 hectares of land. So anyone who has... 100 hectares of land and less, those are the guys that we're helping because we realized that some of the farmers, they, yes, they've got 10 hectares of land, but they probably use one hectare or two hectare due to resources, right? Lack of resources. So new farmers that are entering the sector, what we assist them with is information and making sure that they have all the documentation that is needed for them to access funding. But also not that, we've realized that the whole sector is working in silos. So what we do, we're trying to connect different stakeholders and bring them into one platform so that if a farmer comes in there and they're new, they don't know where to do their soil analysis, then we can recommend the ARC, we can recommend other uh, stakeholders so that they can start their businesses, right? And we have a lot of farmers that are using our chatbots. We get about 100 chats a day, but also what we've realized is that we, were, we had just chatbots and then now we incorporated a call center because you realize that some of the farmers, they want to call instead of just chatting to someone or chatting to a bot. So they want to call and find information, right? So that's what we incorporated onto the platform. They are open to new technologies as long as those technologies are beneficial because, for example, for them, when they, knew, when they use farmers assistant platforms, they don't really care about how the platform works. What they care about is the benefits. What they care about is what are they going to get from the platform. So most of the farmers that come to our platform, they want to expand their businesses. They want to formalize their farm, their farm, farming businesses. They want to build a business around their farms. So when they come to the platform, they don't really care what kind of, whether you're using algorithms or like artificial intelligence algorithms, whether you're using data analytics or machine learning onto the chatbots that we're using. They don't really care about that. What they care about is Will they get the information that they need? Will they get assisted in terms of the guidance and advice? Yes, new farmers, they are facing a lot of challenges. One of those challenges is access to finance, as I said before. When you do not have a track record, it's very difficult for you to get funding in South Africa, regardless of the sector that you are working in. So if you are in farming, it's actually double trouble because it's high risk. And then now you don't have experience in that field and you don't have any track record. So most of the farmers that are coming into the platform and want to start farming or the new entrants, one of the challenges that they are facing is that they don't have track record and they don't have any financial records. And some of them, those that are already operating, their businesses are not formalized. 
they don't have any financial records. So for them to go out there and look for funding, it becomes really difficult for them. We advise them to say, if you have a backyard where you can start, just start small and then just refine your skills, but also for you to learn the market and to learn the industry. And then once you have planted maybe in one hectare and you've understood the industry, then you can expand to as many hectares as you want, as long as you have started small so that you can learn and understand the industry and how it works. That's what we normally advise new entrants into the sector to say, start small, learn, build your track record, and then only look for funding when you have a, a track record. And also for those that are already in farming, that are already operating, is we advise them that at least, even if the business is not formal, but we need to see, like financial service providers need to see if there's money flowing in the business. And the nice thing about it now is that a lot of alternative funding methods that you can use, whether it's crowdfunding, whether it's cash flow-based lending, there are a lot of things that you can apply for. But all of those things, they need to see your track record. They need to see that you've been in operation and this is how much you've made and this is how much money you're using in your expense. So some of the farmers, what we're telling them is that you can use other digital payment platforms. I mean, you can use farmers assistant financial or digital payment gates. So you can use farmers assistant card that we have with you cash you can use that when people are coming to your farm they can use to pay using your phone they can pay and then you can also use your card when you want to buy inputs and whatnot so that at least we have some record that shows this is how much money you've spent and this is how much money is getting so that we can see your cash flow and then we can also be able on our side advise you better in terms of how do you now do your finances and how you can expand. And then also we can help you with your fundraising and then tell you, okay, if this is how much you're making and then these are the different financial products that you qualify for. And also another problem that we've seen is that in terms of insurance, crop insurance in South Africa, there is still a problem. And most of our smallholder farmers don't have access to insurance and that makes it difficult for them to get funding opportunities or also even markets sign contracts because now there's no insurance. If something happens to your crops, there's nothing that they can do. Lena, what are some of the biggest lessons you learned about business and can you share your three top business tips? The biggest lessons that I've learned about business is that you need to be patient and you need to be willing to start small, but you also need to be willing to work with other people, partner with other people, collaborate with other people. As the saying goes that if you go alone, you will go, but then if you are going with other people, you will go far. Top three business tips is that record everything that you're doing in your business, sort of write down your systems so that another person can take over. Understand every cent that is moving through your business. And then another thing is that don't be afraid to work with other people, collaborate with other farmers to access bigger markets. What is your end goal at Farmers Assistant and has the game changed for you now that we are dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic? Our goal as Farmers Assistant is to build a national organization that is actually not just a non-profit, because we are not a non-profit, but a for-profit a business or an agribusiness that is owned by smallholder farmers and it is for smallholder farmers. Yes, the game is changing as we've seen that technology is playing a huge role now and we would like to ensure that smallholder farmers also have access to these agri-tech solutions. So that's why we're in the space to make sure that smallholder farmers also have access to technology. With regards to COVID-19 outbreak, 
there have been a lot of challenges for smallholder farmers, especially during the first 21 uh, days, lockdown days. They didn't have any access to markets because the informal sector was closed and also the hotels and the restaurants were closed, so they didn't have market. We were struggling now to say, how can we build another platform whereby now we can connect smallholder farmers with NGOs and with other food NGOs that were there, that were donating food parcels to the vulnerable. What the outbreak has taught us is that we need to use technology more. We need to find ways to ensure that smallholder farmers have access to extension services, have access to information, to technical advice, you know, to professional advice without actually sending an extension officer to the farm, but also how can we assist them online or just digitally. So that's what we're doing as farmers assistant. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Lena. It was really great chatting to you and everything of the best with all your future endeavors. This week, we are inspired by Mosesi Mosesi, who was jobless and hopeless before he joined the agri-sector. He now runs his own aquaponic farm in the heart of Tembisa and has even rubbed shoulders with the former Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. My name is Moss. Um... I'm the owner and founder of New Leaf Hydro Plant. Uh, basically, what we do is we focus on urban farming, namely hydroponics and aquaponics. So, my experience on your feature on Food from Zanzi. So, my experience was actually very good. Got a lot of publicity after the whole feature, after the whole video. I got an opportunity to be featured on your podcast. Basically, I'd like to encourage everybody to actually give it a shot. It's a great platform for farmers very informative i also follow it on facebook follow food from zanzi i receive emails um actually a part of the family it's a platform where actually farmers can get together and help each other out so it's very nice to to have such a platform to work with and looking forward to working with the food from zanzi learning from it thanks so much for being an inspiration mosesi mosesi aquaponics farmer in the heart of tembisa in Gauteng. For more information and daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists going above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at foodformzanzi and use the hashtag FarmersInsideTrack. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. We are drawing closer to the end of this week's exhilarating episode. But first, our book of the week. Our farmers have selected What's Your Move by Nicolette Mashile, a champion of personal finance education. This time around, we get to hear from the author about why we should read her book. I'm absolutely excited about having it finished and it finding its way into your homes. And what is the book about? So the book is called What Is Your Move? And basically I'm saying we've been talking about 
how to budget. We've been talking about how to make sure that you get a good, you protect your credit score. We've been talking about black tax. We've been talking about how to buy a property. Now I'm saying, what is your move? Because at the end of the day, one of the most important things we need to remember is that acquired knowledge is not going to help you if it is not put into action. So you've got to apply your knowledge. That's really important. But I think also, I actually learned a new analogy like two or three days ago, you know, like I keep learning these new things, right? And one of the most important things that I learned is that if you look at weight issues, right, people say it's 90% what you eat and 10% the exercise. So if you use a similar analogy when it comes to your personal finances and you say it is actually 90% your behavior and what you do about it and 10% the financial literacy that I have been preaching for years now, you will start to see changes because as you actually put things into action, that's when you learn the most things. So I'm really excited to be coming into your homes, into your bookshelves, into wherever you are, whether you're going to be reading it on ebook, if you're going to be reading it from the hard copy, I would say please get the hard copy because I've worked so hard on this thing. So yeah, please do get the hard copy. Pre-orders are open. If you have been on this journey with me for a long time, you will remember that it used to be called Baraka Masadi. And I then realized that money does not have a gender. Money is for everybody. Money is for men and women equally. So we then became the financial fitness bunnies, right? Um, so this book is for everybody. It's a challenge to you to say, what is your move? If you know the games, uh, I mean the rules to money or the rules to the game of money, what is your move? So I'm challenging you out there. It's always great to hear from the author herself. Sounds like a must read for any entrepreneur. And from our book of the week to this week's AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, here's Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist at the Northwest University. Thank you very much, Dawn and Duncan. This is your weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, made possible by Standard Bank. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news, subscribe to the AMT YouTube page and follow us on Facebook. But let's jump straight into the latest vegetable prices the past week. The potato price decreased last week by 2% to 43.27 per 10 kilogram bag due to slightly lower demand on the markets. Low volumes will most likely support these prices to stay on an upward trend at least until the middle of August. The colder weather may result in some producers to enter the markets slightly earlier than usual. Again, we saw higher tomato volumes delivered last week on the markets, resulting in the price to decrease by 6% week on week to 6 rand 38 per kilogram. Volumes will most likely increase now, which will put pressure on these prices. We may see the tomato price to stay on a lower level for the coming two months or so, as volumes may stay on a higher level. The carrot price decreased by 12% last week to 3.37 per kilogram due to higher volumes. Higher demand may support the price this week, but remain on a lower level due to higher expected volumes. The onion price stayed on 5.22 per kilogram last week, although higher volumes were seen on most markets. Prices may trend sideways for the moment. Other vegetable prices traded as follows. Cabbages on 3.35, 
the garlic price increasing to 118 rand and 1 cent per kilogram due to a 38% lower volumes uh, on the markets uh, that was delivered last week. Spinach on 3 rand 77, sweet potatoes on 3 rand 98 and peppers on 11 rand 30 per kilogram. Looking to the fruit industry, we have seen that the banana price decreased by 5% to 7.23 per kilogram last week due to a 12% increase in volumes. Demand is expected to recover this week which may give some support to this price. Colder weather is still affecting volumes delivered to the markets at the moment. The latest apple and pear prices traded sideways on 6.78 and 6.93 per kilogram respectively. We are expecting prices for both these products to start picking up soon due to lower volumes expected on the markets. Although demand for oranges recovered last week, the price still decreased by 5% to 3.94 per kilogram with very low quality fruit currently affecting this price. We are still expecting prices to gain some momentum within the next few weeks as volumes may start to decrease. Although avocado volumes increased last week, demand stayed strong and resulted in the price to trade sideways on 14 rand and 5 cents per kilogram. We are expecting more volumes this week, but longer term we are still expecting volumes to start decreasing in about two weeks time when we may see prices starting to improve. The pineapple price is currently almost 200% higher compared to a month ago on 20 rand 61 per kilogram. This was mostly due to high demand on the markets uh, due to the alcohol ban with the slightly lower volumes delivered on the markets last week also assisting these higher prices. Other fruit prices traded as follows. Grapes on 79 rand 39 and lemons on 5 rand 47 per kilogram. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news in the fresh produce markets of South Africa, subscribe to the AMT YouTube page and also follow us on Facebook. Also make sure to stay tuned to Food for Muzadzi for the latest in agriculture. This broadcast was of course made possible by Standard Bank. Back to you Don and Duncan. Thank you Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. For more information go to amtrends.co.za Dawn, that's a wrap for this week then. Remember, if you love the podcast, share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. That brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Please stay safe out there and remember to always wear a mask. Visit Food for Zanzi's COVID-19 page for the latest information. From me, Dawn Numdu. And me, Duncan Masiwa. And the rest of the Food for Zanzi team. Have a great week. Ciao. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.